Happy Sabbath. How is everyone this Sabbath? Shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come and to worship together in God's house. And Father, I pray now that as the words are spoken here, and as we break the bread of life, that Lord, each one here might be full. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Title this morning is A Little Man Meets a Big God. Our God is huge. Right? Amen? It's powerful. Took this lemon and squoze it as hard as he could until every last drop that he could get out of it came out. Then up came this man that was scrawny and skinny and everybody kind of chuckled and was laughing. And then he got up there and he took the lemon And everyone kind of went silent for a moment. And he took the lemon and he squoze it. And six drops came out. And people were amazed and cheered and applauded. And the owner started counting out the money and gave him $1,000. He says, what do you do for a living? Do you, do you, are you a lumberjack? Are you a muscle builder? What is it that you do that you're able to do that that no one else could? And he says, I work for the IRS. (laughs) You see, some people know how to get every drop. Many times when the first of the year rolls around, we think about For those of us that are getting returns, how fast can I get it in so I can get my money back? For those of us that owe, we want to wait until the very last second. I know I'm there in line at midnight waiting to get that little stamp saying that I was there before the filing time. I don't like paying my taxes. I pay them, but I don't like it. And then there's a story was told, and it's been documented, that a letter was sent to the IRS. And the letter read this. I can't sleep at night. I've cheated on my taxes. Here's a check for $150. If I still can't sleep, I will send the rest. (laughs) For many of us who are Christians, we have struggles with paying the IRS exactly what we owe. We want to find every loophole. We want to be under the law. We don't want to cheat. 
But we want to make sure that we don't have to pay and only pay our fair amount, right? For today's sermon, I want you to think of a little outline. And in this outline, who Jesus was. But being a short man, he could not because he was in a crowd. So the man ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to, to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Number two in the outline. Seeking the Savior. Verse 5 is, is this. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Then on the outline, put number three, the spectacular salvation. And it reads like this, starting with verse six. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw and began to mutter. No he has gone to be the guard the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, there and now I give half of all my all my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because the man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. We'll start with the searching sinner. In verse 1, it talks about Zacchaeus. It talks about that Jesus was walking through the town of Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. This was to be for his last time. Along the way, he healed a blind man, as you read in verse 18, chapter 18. His popularity there got to be well known, and so the crowds were forming around him. They wanted to see what was Jesus going to do. And people were crowding and, and gathering in. And here was Zacchaeus. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see the, what was going on with this man that did all these miracles. This man of God. He wanted to see him. And I can picture him. He would be like Tigger, bouncing up and down in the crowd and barely could see over the people's shoulders. I'm sure it was quite comical. But I can imagine in the crowd so many people hated this tax collector. I'm sure they were bumping him in the back and, and giving him a what for. Because if they were in a crowd, he wouldn't notice. And so I want you to picture this. Zacchaeus is a very wealthy man. I imagine he had his well-to-do clothes on. He was jumping up and down. 
He couldn't see Jesus, and he wanted to see the Savior. Time is something that he's always struggled for and wanted, and I'm sure for us today we struggle for and want possessions and money, but you see, that doesn't buy happiness. There are only a few people that can handle wealth and handle it coinciding with what God has to offer. It's not wrong being rich. There's nothing wrong with having money and being able to make money. What do you do with it when you get it? That's the question. And so here he was, up in a tree, waiting for Jesus to come by, the seeking Savior, part two. You see, Jesus does miraculous things. I want you to understand that Jesus seeks you constantly. He never gives up. He's always seeking, he's always after, and always wants to be with you. I've read this story many times and never thought of this, but Jesus was searching for Zacchaeus. When he walked down that road, he stopped right where Zacchaeus was. He looked up, and he said, Zacchaeus, immediately come down out of that tree. He said, immediately. He didn't hesitate. He said, immediately come down off that tree. And what did Zacchaeus do? He immediately jumped down off that tree. And and guess what the Lord said? The Lord said, I'm going to go to your house today. I'm going to eat with you. I want to partake with you. And you know what it says? It says that Zacchaeus was glad. May I even say that he was jubilant. He was joyful. He... His heart leaped. Wow, Jesus is coming to my house. See, it was Jesus that sought him. Sure, he had that heart's desire. He heard that knocking at the door that we all hear. See, Jesus in Revelation 3.20 says, I come and I knock. And he that hears my voice and lets me in, I will come and sup with him. He with me. You see, Jesus wants to partake of a meal with all of us. And that's what he was doing here with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, I want to come, I want to eat, I want to talk. But you know what was going on all this little conversation with Zacchaeus and Jesus? The crowd was saying, Does Jesus not know what he's doing? This man that performed miracles? This man of God? Do not they realize that what the Pharisees and the leaders of the church might say? Don't they realize that Jesus, as a leader, and they started to mutter and to murmur, and to, I imagine even the disciples were saying, Lord, do you realize this guy is a tax collector? He was the worst. He worked for Rome. They hated Rome. He worked for Rome because he only wanted one thing, the almighty dollar. How many of us today, within our own hearts, wonder why would Jesus heal? Why would Jesus forgive someone that commits atrocity? There's no way. It shouldn't happen. That person should go to you know where for all eternity. To be gone. Why should that person be allowed to have 
what the Savior has given me. You see, many times we have within our own hearts of heart, we believe that our sins, as minuscule as they might be, smell so much better than the murderer or the drug dealer or the homeless person who lives on the streets and smells or those in prisons abandoning their children, abandoning all society because of their misdeeds. These are thoughts that many times that we have. But thoughts with Jesus in our lives that disappear like that. Because Jesus wipes away those kinds of thinking and gives us compassion and love for others. These are the things that should happen. But many times we get caught up in selfish. We start pointing fingers at people. And these fingers are always pointing back at us because we want to feel good. Many of us are feel-good, church-going members of the Orange Seventh-day Adventist Church. Brothers and sisters, it's not always... I want you to realize something, that church and having a relationship with Jesus isn't about feelings. You can have them, ups and downs, and but there's always that one thing that carries through, and that is the knowledge that Jesus gives us that he died and was risen for us. If you can hold fast onto that, no matter what feeling you have, I have salvation and I am a child of God. And this is what he was trying to teach the crowd. But they weren't hearing any of it. Not right away. So here he goes into Zacchaeus' home. He sits down and he has dinner and he talks to Zacchaeus. Now I want you to think about this for a moment. It's not said what they talked about. I don't read it. I know they were sitting at the table because he, Zacchaeus pushed himself away before he made this announcement. But what was it that was talked about? What was it that Jesus talked to Zacchaeus about? And those that were there partaking of the feast. I can imagine that Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I love you. And I want you to be a follower of mine. You know, you remember the story of the rich young ruler and how Jesus said, come and follow me. And he says, Lord, I've done all these things. I've kept the commandments. I, he goes through all these things that he's done. And the Lord says, okay, sounds good. Sell all you have and come and follow me. But he couldn't do it because he had a lot of money. After Jesus had spoke, and after they had eat, this is the salvation. Zacchaeus pushed away the, from the table, and he went to Jesus, and he said, Lord, I will give 50%, half of all that I have, and I will give it to the poor. He said, anyone that I have done wrong, I will multiply four times. I want you to realize something. In those days, they had cultural enlightenment and they had things in the law of how much you were supposed to give back. If you were caught in a court of law for stealing a sheep, you had to give four times. But if you just came forth before you were caught 
and you and you said, "Hey, I've done you wrong," then you only owe twenty percent. By the law, that's all that you owed. You see, I want you to realize something. Most people felt good about giving in those times twenty percent to the poor. They were looked upon with huge, you know, as great givers. He was willing to give 50%. And he came forth before the Lord saying this. And he said, this day forward, this is what I'm doing, Lord. And you see, by law, he only had to give 20% because he was going to make restitution for his sins, for cheating his brothers. But he wanted to give as if he was by court, tried and found guilty. He wanted to give four times because he felt that that's what he should do in making restitution for his sins. You see, Zacchaeus not only had been forgiven of his sins, but he had radically professed that he was going to change his life because of the difference that Jesus made in his life by the things that were spoken there and by Jesus seeking out Zacchaeus, he was making a radical change in his life. As you've come to notice and come to know the Lord, has your life changed? If not, meet me down front. I want to share with you about Jesus. You see, Zacchaeus was converted that day. And in conversion, we change. Not all of us change immediately everything. It's a growth process, okay? You're not going to, you know, there's still going to be those things, those hidden sins, those things that the Spirit of God reveals slowly as we change. It's a life process. None of us reach perfection. But by the gift of God, we are saved. And by his stripes and by his blood, we are healed. I want you guys to realize something today. That is that Jesus is seeking you. And salvation is assured. Never doubt that for a moment. I've seen many times a preacher will come and say, how many of you here today are saved? Can I see your hands? And you know what happens? People go, or they just don't raise their hand. I go, whoa, Lord, Lord, Lord. We need to have everyone come up front. We need to have that conversion experience. We need to talk about the gospel message We need to go ahead and pray the sinner's prayer. That's what happened in that house. You see, he heard Jesus knocking on his heart's door. You see, Jesus is knocking. And he calls out to each of us, Bob! Uh, Yeah? I can imagine Bob saying, what? Let me in. Many times. Not yet, Lord. (laughs) Let me clean the house a little. We think we can hide things from God. Lord, hold on a moment. 
the cupboard just needs a little more cleaning. Let me throw out that meat that I have in the refrigerator. Jesus says, come as you are. All of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you peace. This morning is a cry for each of you. From just this simple story that we tell children. But in this story, we see a lot of different things going on. And there's the four C's that I want to pass along to you. Hold on a moment, it's here towards the end as I've been rambling along. The four stages that Zacchaeus went through in which is a direct application for us today. Number one is curious. He wanted to get to know who Jesus was. You see, many of us, by living a life for God, people become curious. Why do you, are you happy and joyful doing your work? So, I wanted to tell you guys, smiles, huh? When we come together, we need to be happy and be joyful. But see, he was curious. And people all around of us, and even us, were curious. Because we want to get to know Jesus closer. To have that walk, that love, that compassion. That's the one C, the next C considered. He investigated the claims of Christ. He considered this. He investigated. He wanted to know Christ, what he stood for. And then he was converted. The searching Savior saved him and forgave him his sins. Same thing that Jesus will do for each of us. And then changed. His life was radically redirected after his conversion. Radically redirected. Transformation was huge. For many of us, some of us, we've been Adventist Christians our whole life. And so maybe the redirection isn't so dramatic. But if you were the chief of the tax collectors and known as a sinner the worst of sinners, a traitor amongst his people. Maybe you wouldn't have such a radical change, but a change nonetheless, a change of the heart, of passion, of conviction. It's my prayer today that each of you, as you tell the story of Zacchaeus climbing that tree and the sight of it and how funny it might be, that also that you, as you're telling the story, might remember the words that were spoken here. That there is the stages of the four C's. Curious, curious, considered, converted, changed. These are the things that happen to each of us when we accept Jesus. It is my prayer today that each of you might have that walk. If there is anyone here in this room that feels that their relationship with Jesus 
isn't what it should be. I invite you to come down and sit on the front pew. And me and a few of the elders will talk with you, share with you, and pray with you. It's an open invitation. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunities that you bestow upon us. Father, once again, we thank you for the stories in the Bible that you give us and for the message, the simple message of salvation. May each one here have an ear to hear. And may their hearts be open today and be receptive to the word of the Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home, you who are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling. is pleading, pleading for you and for me. Why should we linger and heed not his promise, promised for you and for me? Come home, come home, you are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, Calling, oh sinner, come home.
Time is a pleading, and the moments are passing, passing from you and from me. Shadows are gathering, deathbeds are coming, coming for you and for me. Come home. 